some gushers red vines <laughs> nice dude close in the gummy family we have a like my wife has set up a craft service table in the oh, kitchen just to keep uh keep that set life going just um because we're so bored <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's actually very that's that's a resourceful creative that benefits everybody right everybody every everything except for my waistline <laughs> Damn, dude. No, you look, uh, you are, you're fit, dude. I think I've never, you're somebody that's, um, I've never seen like, you know, a beach picture of where you're like, dude, LeVar Burton, like this guy's got to put down the handy snacks and pick up the dumbbells. You know, you've never gotten those, those. And I feel like, you know, that there's a, they'll find you if you allow your body to get oh, there. Right. Yeah, they will. They, <laughs> they will now more than ever, you know, like um, if there was ever a time, if you packed on like, let's say between seasons, because you did 21 seasons of Reading Rainbow, right? Uh, 20, 20 something, 20, 21, 20, yeah, uh, yeah. something like that. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I got to get that sweatshirt that you're wearing. We'll talk about that post podcast. Um, you're probably like, yeah, dude, just go on fucking Amazon, dude. It's, it's out there for everybody. Um, <laughs> no, not, not this one. Not that one. That's, mm -hmm. I can tell it's a collector's item, baby. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you had put on, let's say, like 50 between seasons six and seven, and you came back and were like trying to just heavily breathe through the books, people would have been like, maybe pick up a Jenny Craig pamphlet and put down, uh, <laughs> you know. Put down the book, pick up a dumbbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god yeah well uh how are you i'm good adam i'm well I'm, i don't know all things considered you know it's like it's, it's um the end of the world right outside the window right outside the, the door there and dude it's um, crazy literally I'm, on uh, fire i'm trying to stay inside and uh you know um live to see tomorrow that's that's my whole goal right now. Have you always, are you a, uh, are you an early riser? Like even like pre COVID, how is it? What's the biggest thing that you've noticed like in your life routine that, that you've adjusted for the better? Um, adjusted for the better. Um, I am, I am more forgiving mm. of myself when I feel like just tired or um, exhausted or irritable I'm just giving myself more space and grace to be exactly whatever state I'm in and, and, and not judging so much, you know, not calling myself lazy, you know, not, not, not getting in my own shit about just what the realities are of living in this situation. Yeah. You know, the isolation and, um, and the lack of, of, of human contact outside of the people that live under this roof with me. Um, it's not easy. It's been, it's been, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a daily battle. Some days are really good. Some days not so good. Some hours are not so good. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Are you quarantining with, uh, with the my wife, my daughter, um, and my mother-in-law. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Man, this much time with the in-laws, I'm sure you've... Uh... Thank God I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Okay, because really. I know some, there's people out there, I'm sure we both know, where yeah. they're like, yeah, we just decided like when shit hit the fan, like let's get everybody together. Mm-hmm. Not really thinking about the longevity of somebody coming into your room maybe at 3 a.m. being like, do you guys remember where the peanut butter crackers are? <laughs> and you're like, bitch, it is 3 a.m. You better. So I'm glad that you have uh, some fond yeah, I'm, uh, connections. I'm, I'm, I'm good here. We're, we're very fortunate. We're, we're, we have enough space that we can all, you know, claim our own little territory when we need to get away from one another. And, and uh, otherwise, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty cool. My daughter's 26. Uh, she's... Uh, um, been here for going on the, her third year. She's just waiting for her roommate to finish a, a, a stint in, in Scotland. And then they're going to move into apartment together. Oh, wow. Um, so, it's, you know, my wife loves having her at home. Of course. Um, um, quiet as it's kept. I'm really digging it too. I know, um, right? There is something, I mean, and you can really speak to this. You, uh, so was, uh, you started working, I mean, you know, take us back even before Roots in 1977, which was what that kind of was the first real gig or were you kind of jamming before that? Do you count no, like, Roots. yeah. This was my first audition. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Roots is my first professional audition. Damn. All right. So you are the wrong guy to talk to about, man, just sweat it out. There's a, like at least 10 to 20 kind of no's before you get even a kind of yes. No, you just walked in and do you remember that day vividly? I remember the period vividly. Yeah. yeah. It was it wasn't just one day. I mean the casting process lasted weeks. Oh wow. Weeks, literally weeks. Yeah. Was it grueling? Um emotionally? Emotionally, yeah. Emotionally, yeah. Because they postponed the casting decision like three times. Um, to the point where the day that they told me I had the job, I did not expect them to announce their choice. Even on that occasion, I thought this is just another step in the in the long chain of steps. But that was the day that they they said, you know, uh, Stan Margulies came out of out of the office at ABC. Stan Margulies was the producer of Roots. Mm-hmm. He came out of the office uh, after I had been in there for a few minutes talking to him, and it was a bunch of ABC executives, you know. And Stan came out after I had left. He said, "Pack your bags, kid. You're going to Savannah." Um, and two weeks later, I was on location. Oh, my God. Uh, probably also then a little bit of a um, blessing in disguise to not maybe have to go through a, a rigorous audition process like that right out of the gate. But if you have no basis for comparison, right, that you, you're jumping fully in and kind of don't really have anything to be like, oh, this is, man, this is a lot. Like in any sort of complaints to rise to the top because you don't know anything different, right? I, I didn't for a long time. My first professional day as an actor, Cicely Tyson played my mother. Um, Dr. Maya Angelou played my grandmother. So I was <sighs> like, I was, um, I was swimming in, in the deep end um, from jump. Uh, now we both share uh, many uh, things in common, um, right? Uh, same, uh, same love for snacks, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Same, uh, same zest, same probably I don't know anybody a bigger reading Rainbow fan uh, than you. Then, then it'd probably go Lavar Burton, Adam Ray. Uh, you could probably find some fat kid at a Pizza Hut in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, who's probably got every uh, lyric of the song memorized. Uh, I feel like I can hit the pitch of every note better, but I'm gonna tell you, there there are um, there's a whole generation of adults in their 40s now who grew up on the show, 
um, who can sing that song for you as well. It's 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 not just it's not just kids in Iowa. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. It's it's uh, it's a couple of generations of of folk. Did you have any say in the theme song? No, the theme song was written independently of my okay. Involvement. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we why? both. Why? Would you, why? 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 why I don't know because it's so dope and like you're just a smooth guy, man, and like you, I feel like. <laughs> You know, you're, you're involved in, in all the right stuff. And I feel like, I don't know. Also, I, I'm always curious with shows like that, that have that uh, staying power. Yeah, yeah that right. like, and, and you're such, I mean, it was, you know, you and the show are synonymous. So mm -hmm. I guess it's just uh, when something is that uh, solid too, I'm just like, man, I wonder if, I guess there's a world where I envision you in the studio. Butterfly in the sky. Play the that back one more time. Yeah. <laughs> it was written by Steve Horlick, and yeah. uh, the singer who uh, who sang those original tracks is Tina Fabrique. Tina Fabrique. And then we did in the '80s. We 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 did a remake of the song, um, and Shaka Khan. Uh, yeah. Wrote the arrangement and, and and plays drums on the track and 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 sings. But the but the fans love the original. Dude, really it is. Uh, it's version. got. I mean, dude, it's got a. Um, I don't know if Motown's the right uh, <laughs> verse, but like there's, I mean, I've heard some killer remixes too. I've definitely sung at karaoke many a nights, which uh, had social media been around in the, um, you know, uh, mid nineties, I probably would have sent you four to five 12 minute clips of me just singing it. Um, it's got a little I, bounce to it. It's a Oh yeah, dude, when, I, when, it, when it kicks into, I can go anywhere. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's when you let it all hang out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we both went to USC, and you, Aha! yeah, and fight you fight on, baby. Um, well, that's so, where I was when I got cast in Roots. I was a sophomore. Holy shit! Yeah, I was in my sophomore year studying theater at USC when I got cast. Uh, that's crazy because I remember being a sophomore at SC and mm -hmm. not even thinking. You know they stepping out of college to try to pursue um your your dream was not really encouraged i think people were doing it some mm -hmm. people i think that were maybe from la that had some ties going into their college experience to the business right. had some some you know opportunities coming their way so how does that happen then for you um they had um exhausted lynn stallmaster a legendary casting agent um had conducted sessions in New York, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, um, twice. And they had come back to LA and just, they hadn't found their Kunta yet. And so they, they, uh, they contacted the drama schools at USC, UCLA and CalArts. And so I found out about it from a notice on, the, actually a, a, somebody came in and made an announcement in one of my classes and, and, and they said, you know, go, go take a look at the notice on the call board, um, which I did and um, there were, three of us uh, young black men who went down to audition. Did you guys uh, kind of commiserate with each other about the opportunity or even share? Like, what was your process? At that stage, were you kind of like, no, Nobody I'm gonna knew keep what to it myself? Was. We yeah. didn't know okay. what it was. We hadn't heard our roots. We, I mean, the, the, I knew who Alex Haley was, oddly enough. Um, my freshman year, I'd done a term paper on Malcolm X and Alex Haley wrote the autobiography of Malcolm X or co-wrote it. Malcolm. So, um, interestingly enough, I, I knew who he was. And, um, but I, you know, miniseries, nobody knew what a miniseries was. Yeah. It was all a mystery. And this is a time, too, when, I mean, it's probably bonkers for you to think of now. I mean, even with Roots and then reading Rainbow, just the 
amount of channels and options for programming versus mm. now, obviously, is crazy. I mean, mm. what do you even know the numbers that Roots got oh. on ABC? No, I don't. I, yeah. I, I, I believe that the final episode of Roots is still in the top 10 of most ep watched episodes of television in the history of the medium. That's so crazy. And you know what's a close second? Uh, the season finale of season 18 of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So you're in good company. <laughs> God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, They're getting do, canceled. They're going off the air, the Kardashians. I love that you know that. I mean, this is, but also we got nothing but time to soak up news that don't matter right now. Yeah, but right? that, but guess what? I mean, look, and they are, the fact that, that we're even talking about it, mission yeah. accomplished for them, right? <sighs> times a billion yeah i i know some people that know them they know exactly what they're doing oh. you know the fact that they're it's all produced it's all and truly kind of brilliant where you're like man all i so i just gotta act like a just shit that that making stuff that seems so minuscule in life and it doesn't matter and creating the family drama i mean they're probably just sitting there Counting cash being like, LeVar Burton's probably talking about this bullshit right now. <laughs> Printing money, baby. Printing money, baby. Printing money. Uh, did you, where'd you find your love for acting? Um, in, in high school, really. I, was, uh, I, I studied for the Catholic priesthood earlier in my life. At the same time I was going to high school, it was like a, a program that combined both high school and, and seminary. Um, and uh, I really had an intention to you know, pursue that as my career is my oh, life wow. path. Um, and through a series of circumstances where I was introduced to some books and uh, some uh, philosophies and ways of thinking that I decided that mm, I wasn't going to become a priest. And I was looking around for, so what, what am I going to do with my life? And theater arts was right there. Did you have a, uh, a mentor or somebody in the family that kind of got the juices going in you, or was it just you had to pursue the passion on your own? Everybody in my family is in education. They're all teachers. My mom, my older sister, um, two nieces, my son. If you're a Burton, you're probably in the education business. So I'm the, wow. I'm the first one in my family to really sort of branch out into a, 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 a different approach, but there's still, I believe that there's still an opportunity, obviously, to to, to educate to use this very um powerful medium of engagement um to educate to enlighten to bring more to the table than simply entertainment value added entertainment i suppose um in in the sense that it's it's meaningful right the kind of content uh, that i like to do is is has has meaning has has um impact right you've all is that always kind of just been your mindset in Picking the projects that uh... it's just been my my mindset in life. I mean, I was raised by a woman who uh, really impressed upon me the value of being of service mm. um, with your life, and uh, that's just a part of my DNA. You just you've got to make the world a better place than than the one you inherited. That's that's your job every day is you know to be as good a person as you can. Um, don't embarrass the family. Uh, yeah, and, that's easier said than done sometimes. And uh, and and hike out your trash, right? Um, leave the world a better place than, than when you walked in. I love that saying, and uh, I'm a big Muppet guy too. Jim Henson was, you know, a, uh, mm. you know, cream of the crop to me. And he I, I had a very, a quote that very much in line with that, where he's like, my whole goal was to leave the world a better place than having, uh, for having me been in, 
been there. I think I'm fucking butchering it. We'll, we'll edit this out. But I understand. Uh, I, understand. Yeah. I have no idea what you said, but I understand what Jim meant. <laughs> hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan. Reached out, said, I love the pod. Would love to send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, They're... Cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped, all by him. Um, and you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scents. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co., uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up the shop and then pick your candles and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%! Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and, uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better. Okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. Uh, you, um, it, uh, you spoke to my BFA class in 2005. So that's what? how. So we actually have. We go way back. Wait. Here, which wait, is why I feel like that sweatshirt wait. should be a gift at some point. Because you came in. Yeah. I don't know how many classes. If you just were, if it was in the rotation, if it was like a press junket for you, and you were hitting five different BFA classes that day. No, 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 no. I only did that a couple of times. Ooh, um, for real? Because, dude, let me yeah. just say, when I went to SC, I looked. I mean, I was, you know, I'm from Seattle, Washington. Right. I had NYU on the uh, audition board. Uh, end up skipping my audition because my basketball team uh, made the playoffs for the first time in 26 years, and I was like, I'm not missing that game. Sorry, NYU. But also, I was like, I want to stay closer to Seattle anyway. So LA was always in the back of my head is where I wanted to end up. Uh, Emerson passed on me. Uh, what? I'll regret it someday. What? Uh, yeah, they waitlisted me, and I got into SC. I thought it was going to be backwards because my SAT scores were not great. <laughs> not going to tell you what they were, 1070. But oh, it uh, – <laughs> Wow. Wow. But I had so many – I was a bad test taker, LeVar. I was the guy that was like – second-guessing yourself is – is the most crippling thing you could do when taking the SATs. Yes, when it's like, when it says like, cat is to kitten as uh, dog is to a puppy, b futon, mm-hmm. c meth, or d, uh, you know, John Stamos. I'd be yeah. like, well, it's probably puppy, but man, Stamos is, you know. So I was that guy. So He's then got it's got those like, eyes. He's <laughs> got those eyes. 
So, uh, so anyway, so I'm looking up who went to SC just as a wow. fun fact. Yeah, yeah. And dude, I mean, John Ritter, Will John Ferrell, Zemeckis, but dude, and this is why, you know, your, uh, your whole journey is just so inspiring and incredible on many levels, but dude, I can't, I mean, I'm 38. And when you talk mm. about people being in their forties, knowing reading rainbow, yeah. dude, I'm telling you it's, and I'm sure you've heard it all the time. I'm sure you've gotten letters over the years. Bro, it is like insane the impact and the connection to that show uh, for in that time of my life, you know, especially to my folks split. Thanks for bringing it up uh, when we were, uh, when, you know, and TV really became like an extra escape. Right. Which is why I think like the Muppet Show connected with me so much and TV in general. But, dude, yep. you had a way. Uh, on that show, not only what the whole message was and making reading fun, because I still to this day got into reading, which is crazy. And again, this is probably br a broken record for you to hear because you made it seem fun. And the show, um, you know, uh, just was something that I didn't know, uh, it, you know, could, could inspire me the way it did. You didn't realize what you were learning. You just thought you were watching TV. Yeah, dude. You didn't realize the messages that you were, you know, that you were absorbing. You were just watching TV. Um, that was the point. Well, you also have an ease to you and, you know, the voice matters. Like, I fucking would love to hear you just like, if you would mind at the end of this doing an outgoing voicemail for me or even, <laughs> you know, sp speaking at my wedding, maybe just fucking zooming in or. Uh... I, I, I am uh, an ordained minister. I, I can I can do that. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, we'll put a pin in that. But even if this career takes a deep dive and I uh, I quit stand-up and uh, and go into porn, maybe you can just narrate, like, the opening scenes, you know? Yeah, you know what? That's fine. Think, sleep on that one. That yeah, was just... Yeah, a... let, me, let me give that one some thought, Adam. Let me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, it's a little off-brand. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but when you came to my class, dude, it was... Mm. Uh, it was a real special thing because, you know, you're an alumni, you've yeah. had this incredible career uh, in so many facets of the business, right? And uh, it was and you. if I'm not mistaken, on that particular occasion, I was really interested in delivering the message that, that the part about this that they don't teach you in school is the business, that it's a business. Dude. Yes, you <laughs> powered that home, dude. I, I, it was really because no, that was information I didn't have. Really, right? they didn't. They didn't have a class in show business. Will eat you, eat your lunch. Yeah, right? and there so, is. Yeah, keep going. So I wanted. I wanted. That's the way I thought I could be effective: is letting young people know that you've got to be ready, and if you are not absolutely sure that you can take the pain and abuse get out now yeah they're uh man i feel like just in the power of you saying that now it's like boy even just now i'm like all right i've been in this 15 plus years can i take it just the way that you broke that down i was like this might be fine. the last thing i do You're but doing dude fine. you had you had a um again an uh a conviction to the uh to the uh, softness that you presented everything mm. and you were taught but it was the first time i honestly because yeah, you go through four years of, of pretty uh, rigorous training. That training, was, yeah. That was really, I mean, you know, I'm coming in from doing all these musicals in high school and a few plays to where I'm, everything's big. I mean, I just, I think my last play was uh, playing the Tin Man and the Wiz. 
um, in, in Shorecrest. Uh, yeah, I crushed it, dude. I mean, you heard oh, wait, the pipes you, earlier. You, you, you started on your basketball team and start in the musicals oh dude i quit football my sophomore year this is what my s uh, my essay for sc was quit football my sophomore year of high school was going to start varsity on the offensive line to play danny zuko in greece <laughs> you as know you, what I, you... I, I i love you more than i can say in this now moment <laughs> dude, that's amazing that is so awesome yeah man i mean i was like it was that true like had a foot in both worlds and yeah, uh, which is why i think you know, stand-up has become such a uh, important part of my whole being because, man, meeting people, talking to people from all over has just right. always been, even when I bagged groceries at Albertsons uh, in high school, it was like, I was friends with everybody, whether yes. it was the, you know, the kind of the asshole older boss that uh, that yelled at me for putting tampons next to peanut butter or, uh, or, um, or kids that were just a little slow putting bags, you know, I just just a very open attitude. And so having like jock friends and then theater friends was really, I didn't see it like that either. It was just, you're just like, Oh, cool. I get to do this. Then I get to do this. But when I had to pick, it was like, man, this acting thing's pretty fun. And, um, there's definitely, uh, getting some cooler girls that are responding to, uh, grease mm -hmm. lightning versus me getting the right play, <laughs> you know, bl right? the right block down. And, yeah. and that is true. I just, I, 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 it was, it's the, it's the counterintuitive choice for most, most, most people would, choose sports um over theater arts yeah i'd say 90 percent yeah of folks would would choose sports over theater and and uh did you play you it responded all? to the calling of your heart that's yeah that's pretty cool well my mom told me one day she goes uh she goes what do you want to do because i was you know agonizing over having to go in and tell my coach who was your stereotypical varsity coach when i went in to tell him i was thinking about it he's like come back in two weeks and tell me the right answer type of uh, response <laughs> so like yeah no problem coach, coach. Yeah, yeah good chat thanks yeah. for being super supportive yeah. Come back and, when you agree with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my mom's like, well, what do you want to do? And I go, well, I want to do the play. I go, that seems like fun. I go, I, I know I'm not going to go pro in football. It, it's, it's been a fun thing to be a part of and my friends. And, and look, I did all the camps. I'm lifted and I'm getting, you know, I feel like I, I can contribute. And I was going to start offensive line because the senior above me got injured. He made me sophomore captain. So all these things, I'm like, I got to do it to to please coach my mom just goes you were really about to disappoint this man oh yeah and my mom goes living your life to please other people is no way to live it yeah, and mom. i was and i was just like fuck uh all right well i guess i guess i gotta uh i guess i gotta you know strap on that leather jacket yeah and right. so telling up him, and, yeah did you right. uh, do you uh have you had to make choices like that uh career-wise uh, whether it's early or even uh as you got uh, deep into it where you were like man this is what i want to do but this is maybe the financial move or this is better for my family but this is a part i've wanted to sink my teeth into even though it's something that maybe people wouldn't expect or my agents don't want me to do boy nothing really uh, comes to mind i've been uh, whereas whereas the choices in my career are concerned I can't say that there's been any sort of master plan to this. I'm not one of those guys who could do anything they want. I'm the guy who takes what comes my way and makes the best of it. You know, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not in that strata, right. Of cats who can say, I, I want to, well, I want to do a play in the fall and then I'm going to go do this feature and then I'm going to direct my first movie. You know, it's not, right. you know, that's, that's not my life. Um, but I do pride myself on, on being, I, be, I believe in, in showing up, being prepared and, um, and at the same time being flexible, being willing to 
go with what the universe brings. And I think I've, I've, I've done a good job at, at sort of just taking what comes my way, letting the game come to me. Yeah. Um, as frustrating as that is sometimes, right? But I just know um, on a very deep and fundamental level, and you know, this, this is the kind of stuff that comes with age and experience that I believe that what's for me is gonna be for me and, and it doesn't do me any good to be jealous because somebody else is getting something that I'm not. That what they get is for them, that's their destiny. And what I get is, is for me. And I recognize that um, I've been really blessed if you were to have asked me when I first got into this business, if you, if you would have told me, you know, in the, over the course of your career, you're going to be involved in three, three main pieces of entertainment and popular culture that really have an impact on, on the world. I would have, I would, I would be certain that you were lying, right? That's you, crazy. You, you don't, you don't dream up a career like, like this. You know, I would have been I would have been afraid to ask for for something like this as an outcome because it's just too it's just too grand. You'd be grandiose in, in the assumption that you could do this. What did you dream up? Like saying, because I know it is, you know, the deeper I get into this, I go, I set goals. There's so much uncertainty. I kind of try to just go control what you can control, right? right? Even with like stand up. Once I got into it, I'm now 15 years in, I go five years in, you know, you think you're, I'm getting laughs. I'm crushing. I'm doing these 10 minute sets. I'm ready for a special. And then thank God a year goes by and you go, thank God I didn't get one. That's and then another years go by and then, but, but every year you try to just go get better, uh, yeah. get funnier, right all the time. And again, control what you can control. And then I started to see, but I had buddies that were like putting up on their boards. Like I want a special by this year of stand up, And I'm like, yeah, but like that's, I guess it's cool to, to make those to, to have something to really strive for. It is. But you got no control over that because there's cool. all these other factors. So it's that understanding of put those things up to, to, to have a- Have um, something to shoot for, yeah. right? To have goals. But, you know, again, you got to be flexible. You, you have to deal with the what is. So what were, your, what were you dreaming for? Like what were I didn't you... have, I, I, my, my, immediately, my immediate goal was to graduate with a BFA, a Bachelor yeah. of Fine Arts in, 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 in drama, move to New York and hustle my way onto the Broadway stage. That was the plan. Wow. That was it, you know, that was it. I wanted uh, to be Ben Vereen. I, want, you know, I, wanted, I wanted that. You say Ben Vereen or Wolverine? Yeah, no, Ben Vereen. Oh, okay. <laughs> just... I understand Wolverine is a hell of an actor <laughs> and really, well, really, dude, I... A great, great song and dance man. <laughs> hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day -day routine that, uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way uh, that I've found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time, 
at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem. Anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile, web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some, uh, some, some additional chats in, uh, there's broad expertise in the network, which may not, uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional. And above all, it's affordable. All right. It's truly the most affordable option I found. So right now, all ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night. And get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. Actually, Hugh Jackman is a great song and dance man. Come on. Dude. I saw Hugh Jackman in Oklahoma, which was, the, which was the play that I was doing when I got cast in Roots. I was doing Oklahoma at USC. The at USC? Yeah. They redid it my junior Stop. year. Junior really? year. This kid, James Snyder, who's now actually, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to see, like, and I don't know how much you followed the uh, alums uh, past your, uh, your year there, but it's like, Man, like in my class, there were some pretty cool kids. I got a couple buddies below me that are on SNL right now, and and um, uh, but but James Snyder was a big musical kid, and I did How to Succeed in Business without really trying my freshman year, right? Okay. And then Ooh, I was, wow. as a freshman, you got a lead in the musical. That it was ensemble. Hey, featured ensemble. Featured let's ensemble. Just, let's just say Kelly Ward, who was in the original uh, Grease. You know Kelly? Kelly was in my class, dude. Come Kelly on. was in my class. Dude. Kelly Ward. Are Kelly you? Ward and I were like at. Ugh. All right. Man. See, now you're going to have to get me a sweatshirt and one for <laughs> Kelly that says Kelly's crew on the back. <laughs> and we'll all kick it. We'll all go get sandwiches somewhere. Kelly directed? Dude, he directed it and it was. So, you know, again, I'm coming from high school where I just did all musicals, right? No real straight play. Kelly was so in Kelly. Oklahoma with me. Was Kelly he really? Was in Oklahoma. Of course he was. That guy was fucking. What a, that was the only musical I did because then after that, you know, in the BFA, as you know, like you get your own show each semester yep. and, and it's just a lot, man. And I was like, I mean, I only took one semester off, which was senior year spring, but that's because a friend of mine produced and we did sophistry outside of uh, school at the McCadden theater. Mm. Uh, and so it's still doing a show, but it was not um, uh, an SC one, but, but I was like, I got to get one musical in me. And I just want to, you know, it's the college musical program and it's like it's dope and i met so many great people but kelly was directing it and he was such i mean he was so it was a a, a level up you know what i'm saying this guy yep. obviously you're looking at him being like 
this motherfucker not only was in Greece, but he just knows his shit, man. He does. And and uh, he, he came and out I, of a musical theater background. He came out of musical at, at down in San Diego at Old Globe. Right. Um. So he he really, I mean, he really is. He's the real deal. He and is he, the real deal. He was so generous too with you know because even uh, in the ensemble, he, I mean. Like he was just as locked in on us being uh, great as he was the leads, which I was really impressed by. But then, you know, <laughs> I get towards the end. And Henry Winkler, who also uh, spoke to our class, who's become a nice pal. His son, Max, was in my fraternity. So Henry let me intern for him at Hollywood Squares. And, what did you and, um, What did oh, you pledge? Uh, I was a pie. Really? Yeah, the Jew frat. Yeah. We, well, smoked, we smoked bongs out of menorahs. Go on. No, I'm joking. But my sophomore year, when I yeah. got roots, I was I was a boarder in the Sammy house, man. I Damn, lived on dude. I lived on 28th Street. I was the first person of color. I was the first black person to live on the row. Are you fucking kidding me? Not at all. Not at all. I have the stories. I have the stories to back it up. I used to get stopped by LAPD almost nightly. Holy shit! And you'd what have to show them your student my ID? My student and then ID, absolutely. I live at 801 West 28th. Don't you know? Let's not get it twisted. And I mean, this, I, I, I've got stories. I've yeah. Got stories. All right. We can do a part two. But I, real quick, uh, is, that, that, is this kind of your stories from that time? Is that somewhat of a, a catalyst for, uh, for Two Front War that you're uh, coming out with? Um, no. I mean, I've, okay. I've been a black man all my life. So it, 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 is, it, it stopped being a surprise uh, long before I got to college. Um, it, it was not any easier to deal with, um, but it was not a surprise. So my social consciousness was, was shaped by my mother who was very politically active. Um, I grew up in Sacramento, which is a yep. political town. Your folks split when you were how young? Uh, I was in the third, fourth grade. Me too. Yeah. Fuck dude. Yeah. How, and you went to live with mom? Yeah, right. Uh, do you feel, somebody just asked me this the other day, uh, another uh, friend who's a uh, folk splitter I didn't know. And, and, and he was like, yeah, it, I was like, yeah, there's days and probably even now where I go, wonder what it would have been like had I grown up with two folks, but I can't even let myself go that far down the path because I go, I am who I am because that's right. That's I got absolutely I had, right. I had mom hustling and, and trying to play both parts and buying me condoms at nine, which was weird, but she believed in me. Um, <laughs> it's a joke it's a joke man come on they're just gonna you know not everyone's gonna get the, the response you want uh i haven't been on stage in six months uh so uh <laughs> i'm a little rusty yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh wait so okay so you go off to sacramento with her is it are you is that who you wanted to go with oh yeah there was no yeah. question i mean it wasn't a choice i didn't have a choice gotcha um you know this is what's going on this is what's happening and so, so we, she so she we was were, very we were overseas when 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 their relationship sort of imploded um, so we came home uh, from Germany without him. Wow. Yeah. Why Sacramento? Um, it, was where, it's, it was where we were before that tour of duty. Um, and my mom really liked the West Coast. Mm. Uh, she, she wanted to raise her children in California, um, which was a darn sight better, in her opinion, than raising us in the Midwest and, God forbid, the South. And so she, you said she was very politically active. So yes. just at what age? I'm, I'm so curious because even now, which, you know, you saying that you got stopped by LAPD on mm -hmm. the row. It's like I heard, would hear those stories from friends on the football team mm -hmm. that would happen while I was in school from 01 to 05, which I'm mm -hmm. just like, what the fuck? That is st that's still 
you know, I just, I, I, and still to this day, obviously, I just don't, I don't understand it. Understand the politics of it though. Yep. Yes. Sense, right? Yes. Yes. They're, they're living on that street on 28th street. There are the sons and daughters of some of the most wealthy and influential families in the United States. Come on. Am I right? The heir to the Kinko's fortune was like a two blocks away from me. And he was this like, Just go I'm to saying. my dad's place to print your paper. I was like, your dad has a shop. He's like, Kinko's. I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. So LAPD has historically had a very, very close relationship. They, they have a very strong presence on the row at USC. What was the first thing that, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I don't know how you as, um, as, a, as a black mother or father, what you say to your kid and at what age to kind of, I guess, paint the picture, right? And be like, look, there's- I got the, I got the talk. I got the talk, right, I got the, the sex talk and, and the police talk right around the same time, sixth grade. Yeah. Wow. So you get birds and the bees and you're like, all right, that was a lot. Let's move on. It's like, well, fucking there's actually there's a little bit more that, uh, that you need to be aware of. Froze you for a minute. You there, LeVar? Yo, yo. Oh. You there? You froze. You froze. Uh-oh. There he is. Wow. We lost dude, our internet. Dude, if you wanted to end the, the show, just, I mean. There, there are more it. graceful ways. Just don't, <laughs> just don't ghost on a guy. Just don't I ghost mean, a motherfucker. It's a classic Irish goodbye. Just like. <laughs> Just like you were, you know, done at the party and you're like, I'm going to slip out the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, we've all done it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we lost our internet. Actually, it was, they didn't know I was in here um, doing an interview and they reset the modem. So. Oh, shit. Well, thanks for popping back on. And it would have been a real gangster move if you were just like, he got, he got enough. He got enough. <laughs> I let him sing, <laughs> sing the theme at me. That was fucking more than I was uh, willing to allow. Prepared, prepared to handle it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, so you said birds and the bees talk and then your mom. Birds and the right. bees, you know, followed uh, by in that same time frame, that same, not the same day, but in that same period of my life, um, the, the talk about what to do when you're stopped by the police. Not if, mind you, when. Man, how does, what does that register? Is it even a real thing to think about or do you just kind oh, God, of? Yeah. Okay. No, that's a real thing to think about. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't, I mean, I, because it seems so, again, so crazy to feel like that conversation needs to even happen. So I, I don't know if you're like, what Trust are you talking elite, about? That's a conversation that needs to happen. In America, that's a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. See, what, what, what is happening now is that what I, what I refer to as, as my melanin-challenged brothers and sisters, right? Like yourself. You guys are, are just becoming aware of what we've lived all along. America's racist as hell. Yeah, man. It was, it's in our DNA, right? It's in our DNA, this country. And we've got to, we have an opportunity here to, to really deal with this and make some very significant, much needed change. And if we don't, um, heaven help us. But this is not news to black people, indigenous yeah. people and people yeah. of color. This is not news at all. It's news to y'all, Yeah, but it's not news to us. I, I can't remember who it was that said, I don't know if it was Will Smith or... Um... Mm, it was Will saying that the, the only thing that's changed is that yeah. everybody's got a, a video camera. It's all being shot right. and shared. 
right? That's what's changed. The technology has enabled everybody to get dialed in on what happens when no one else is around. There's a comedian friend of mine, Finesse Mitchell, who was on SNL for a little bit, and he was mm -hmm. telling me the same thing. He's like, because, you know, I've been I've been very active with my um, just trying to use my platform and voice for good. I feel, you know, a lot of people say, oh, if, you, if you're not saying anything, then you're uh, you're saying everything by by that. And I just look, I I have never cared about, you know, and it's unfortunate to see how many people that follow you for your comedy that will come at you for. You're trying politics. to be on the right side of history, right? Mm -hmm. And just, and I'm like, I'm a person first, you dumbass. And this is a, this is just not even a debatable issue. And people that want to try to nitpick things and certain videos that have, that have been posted and, and mm -hmm. Finesse hit me up and he was like, I've gotten it from uh, uh, several of uh, uh, black friends and comedians that are just like, hey, thanks for n not being afraid to do that. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously. And then they're like, you wouldn't believe the amount of, you know, I think it's just speaking in the comic world, people that just don't even. And a buddy of mine told me, he's like, man, I saw that backlash you got on this video and 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 you're just, you know, voicing your um, your stance and, and feelings about it all. And he's like, that's why I don't do it. And I go, well, you're a coward. And I know you feel the same way. Or maybe you don't because you're not doing it for that reason is so it's just such a bitch move to me. But but Finesse was like, bro, you don't even know that and just to, to piggyback on that he's like the things i've gone through mm. that i've you know there's no tape of that stuff and he's like i could fucking tell you so many stories that would blow your mind that you don't that you and uh man i had lapd pull a shotgun on me one night and the and the and the the thing that struck me most about it was not the gun so much not staring down the barrel of a shotgun at virtually point blank range. But his partner, I recognized him. He'd stopped me before a couple of nights pre previous. And wow. so it was, it was, that's when the penny dropped for me. They don't see me. They just see black skin and somebody who doesn't belong on this street. Oof. I always answered the description of somebody who was stealing car stereos in the neighborhood. That was, that was their reason and rationale. That was their probable cause. The probable cause was my black skin. Do you, going through that stuff, does, is there a, you know, a, a sense of, as you're going through your career, I mean, do you, do you, are you more sensitive to picking up on racial tendencies or people that you're dealing with, whether it's someone you're working with on set or even in the casting process where you can pick up on things where you're like, you know what I'm saying? You're just a little more mm -hmm. aware of, you go, oh, I know exactly who you are and what you stand for. Even if you don't say it, there's a look in your eye or there's a way that you talk to me that just tells me uh, where you are uh, as far as, um, you know, black and white. It happens. It happens. Yeah. And then it you happens. try to, do you try it to happens. turen that down so that you're... It happens in public. Um, it happens. It, it, it just, it, this is America. Yeah. Remember, Adam, you know where you are? Do yeah. you know where you are? Do you know the history of this oh, yeah. country? Yeah. Right? Um, it's, it is part and parcel of what it means to be a person of color and live here. And, and, and I think that um, Doc Rivers expressed it perfectly and mm -hmm. for me and I've, I've i've said similar things before 
being black in America is very much about loving a country that doesn't love us back. Yeah. What, what keeps you going and not just wanting to move out of here and, and start a life somewhere else? It just, it's all I got. Yeah. This is, this, it's all I got. Remember, going back to Irma Jean, my mother, leave this world a better place. Mm. This is worth fighting for. Because yeah. I'm fighting for, you know, I'm fighting for members of my family seven generations from now. Just like my ancestors endured, fought, died for my right to go to USC, right? Did, uh, were there other, that there was no issue with you getting into SC because of the color of your skin, right? That wasn't. No, in 1974, it was a, it was a bonus. It was a plus. Right. You check yeah. that diversity box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the grades, you know, I had the grades in the SAT. Um, and, and I was, I was also, um, I was, I was a good candidate. Yeah. The color of my skin was not an impediment. Right. In that situation. Uh, the way that you were to get back to you speaking uh, to my class and yeah. sharing us how much of the business mm -hmm. side you are not prepped for. I'm assuming that was also the case when you were there that you didn't have anyone to ever. And that's the one thing that again, which was so invaluable that you said, because, and it was actually kind of uh, made you a little uh, quite irate at the end. Cause it was right before we're graduating Yeah, that, that you go, Oh yeah, like the training part is awesome, but now I'm going into CSI for an audition with a vinegar tom on my resume, and they're like, "The fuck is that?" And you're like, "Oh, I play the witch hunter," and they're like, "Cool." And but any sort of, you know, you, and you got and you try to give a crash course on it, which was again so imperative for that moment and for you wanting to decide if this was what you wanted. Because, dude, I think I had 22 kids in my class, 20 actually 20. Maybe 25 when we started. By the time mm -hmm. I, uh, that senior class, it was about 15, right? Okay. Had kids mm -hmm. that switched majors, moved back home, mm -hmm. just realized, man, this is a lot. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I've said my last badu, badu, bada vocal exercise. Uh, and, um, and this was just not, this is not for me. And you were talking to a group that I think was still all in, but I look at now, I'd say there's maybe myself, um, maybe I think one other person pursuing acting. And then other people that are in the production side and whatnot. But we all, I remember after that, were like taken aback, a little, uh, again, frustrated, scared. But then you could see in the people like myself that were like, all right, shit. Well, I'm glad I got that info now. Buckle like, up. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. dude. But let's, let, yeah, time to put on the big boy pants, right? I mean, and I mean, had you not been so candid about that stuff, I mean, I immediately, to get back to Wolverine real quick, when I thought you said Ben Vereen, <laughs> Wolverine, my first job right out of college, I graduated, was working at Universal Studios Hollywood playing, you guessed it, baby. Wolverine? No, Ben Vereen. No, Wolverine, oh. yeah. <laughs> they had a Ben Vereen character at the park. I don't know how, when was the last time you went there? No, Wolverine, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that's it, so awesome I, yeah it, it was a flexing the performing muscle first i was yeah. a tour guide on the tram and then and then i needed to no no they, they said no this guy we, <laughs> we, we, we're wasting him on the tram there are so many other people who can do tram we need a guy to put on the suit we need somebody who can come through <laughs> the fur Dude, he's got the sideburns already. We'll add the fake abs. He's clearly That's smoking it. too much. That's yeah, it. 
uh, it was it was a way I didn't want to wait tables. I had no shame on that. But I um, in fact, I tried it for two days at Fleming's. My buddy got me a job downtown L.A. And, uh, you know, I had a panic attack because the head chef was telling me I was cutting butter squares the wrong way. And I was like, dude, I'm having palpitations. I think I'm gonna have to go back and put the claws back on. And um, but it was I started working at a casting office uh, four to five days a week for free. I mean, dude, I was. That's a Literally smart move. Stayed That's in a class. Very smart move, Adam. Dude, it was huge. It was a big comedy cast, Jeannie McCarthy and Nicole Aguilera. Yes. Started working for them. Still yes. very tight with them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just to soak up, and I became a main guy to where, you know, I went to San Diego with Russell Brand and Jason Siegel to put Kristen Bell on tape for forgetting Sarah Marshall. So I became like a guy yes. that was like handling big sessions. The experience I got on the other side of the camera, not only to be a reader for them, it was like a go-to right. reader, but it was. Right man just to observe and yes. uh which is why i thought class was still uh a nice piece of the puzzle post-college yep. never you definitely you definitely said that you were i don't think i would have done that had you not said that i was uh, in class at the time yep yeah. were you really yeah, yeah. you might have said you can not do class you're like but i would do class but don't take my word for it i think is what you said <laughs> i'm not i don't again i don't want to misquote you that's my second misquote but um but I'll dude allow it. I'll allow just, it. okay good <laughs> you just uh Again, man, it was, it's so uh, always so fascinating to me how, like, again, you were like, I only did a couple of these, but dude, it was such a, uh, an overwhelming amount of info that, you know, I needed at that time. Mm. And um, because again, like you said, it gave me at least a little bit of a, I don't even know I had to reach for my seatbelt and mm -hmm. now I'm going to put it on before the car started, thank God, instead of, you know, graduate car's already on the 10 freeway and i'm like i don't even fucking know how to merge on this bad boy and um and you were real you just cared and it was i mean man you were you know i don't know if that I, shit was scripted I, but i could I, I i i could look at you and see myself because i was you know i i i just the adjustment of of being thrust into show business um, at, at that age, and it was really learning on the jobs, just like I said, getting thrown into the deep end and learning how to swim. Um, I just w wanted somebody to be honest with you guys. Mm. I still think that it should be a, a course that juniors and seniors take. Come on. Right? Yeah. Uh, do you remember you had a, a phone, your phone went off. Uh, my it? buddy reminded me of this during it. And the ringtone, I think it was He's, my buddy said, and I, I faintly remember, it was, I think, uh, a woman's voice singing like, so, like, you've got a phone call. Like, do you oh, remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. <laughs> dude, and it was, it was... somebody singing ring. Yeah, dude. And it was at a very intense moment. I don't know if you remember this either. You no, took I out a, no. uh, I think it was a switchblade at one point, or maybe a, a Swiss Army ah, knife. Yes, no, I was, yes, I was, yes. I was talking about, I, I was talking about discernment. Yes. And when I talk about discernment, I use a knife as, as the metaphor, because it can be a weapon or a tool. Or a tool, yep. Right. Fuck, dude. And I remember you, then I think you were even, maybe smacked it on your forehead or something, because my buddy and I were like... <laughs> Bro, if he starts bleeding, that's definitely a weapon. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cuts himself. Yeah. Film at 11. For the love of the craft. Yeah, man. No, nah, dude, that was, 
Uh, so, man, a, a much belated thanks for uh, ah. for that time, dude. Um, That's wild. It's wild that you were in that in, the, in that moment. That's never forget cool. it, dude. It was again knowing you went there and then to get that at the end was a very odd full circle moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying I went to the school because you went there, but no. guess what, dude? It was a. I, actually, you know what? I don't know if I can uh, wholeheartedly say that because it was, it got me jacked up to to know look it's like anything you it, go it's it, possible it's yes possible. dude yes it's possible it yes. happened for him it could happen for me yes but there's there's a pathway there right it, it it makes all the difference in the world uh gates mcfadden also taught a clown class mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. for us there and i took that which was a huge comedy uh she really helped me in you know, obviously the whole BFA program helped me in dialing things down and not being so big and presentational and really, you know, learning that, uh, you know, and you know this better than anyone that for film and, and TV acting, I mean, it's like, got to reel that shit in. Right. That and was, absolutely. Is that, do you, what do you feel like from that program? Cause there's sometimes people will try to play devil's advocate and be like, dude, just go out. And I know, especially in film school, it's like, go get the experience. I don't know what you can learn in the classroom that you can't just learn from the, uh, the school of hard knocks and getting out there and doing it. But I cannot imagine uh, not going through that program and the things that I picked up and was able to, you know, just get um, more still and, and reel it in and contain even all those dumb vocal exercises and, and, Dude, I now in especially in, in for voiceover, man, being able to articulate and in yes. stand up and be able to yeah. talk yeah. sometimes at a speed that that feels a little fast, especially for my mom's sake. I didn't understand any of your jokes. I'm like, they're not for you. But um, no, she's great. She loves it. Uh, but but all that stuff in the moment, I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is really going to impact me. And it boy paid off. Do you, Does it did you feel like they were pieces of the program that well, you really well, here's a here's the thing i was a th i was studying theater my when i read for the director when i when i read for david green the director of roots for the first time he told me later um that he almost threw me out of the office because i didn't have that awareness that acting for the camera mm. was a very intimate thing especially in terms of your energy expenditure but he said in turning around the note and going for trying to going from trying to reach the 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 last row to you know to bringing it just to this moment right here right now um he knew then that he had found the actor that he'd been looking for wow uh do you um do you think uh star trek I mean, that was that even? Were you a fan? Did mm -hmm. it come a lot? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Did Absolutely. Uh, and that was and and I will say this about about Star Trek. I was at a point in my career where um, I was really looking for change, and I um, I create I, I engaged in an exercise where I wrote down what I wanted to happen in my life, and 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 Star Trek was. An, an answer to that. Um, you wrote that down? No, I didn't write down Star Trek, but I, I was, I wanted to do a television series. I'd never done a television series before. And I wanted steady work. Mm -hmm. I wanted a gig that lasted longer than a month yeah. or two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, um, and I, I wrote it down. I taped it above my head where I slept. And, you know, I, I really visioned on that um, for, a good six, eight weeks and boom, 
then, then it came. So I just feel like, you know, once you get clear about what it is you want in your life, right, then that accelerates the process of what it is you want coming your way. But you got to get clear. You got to be clear about what it is you want. How do you, how do you uh, come upon the point to where you feel like you have honed in on, on that clarity? Like, is it a lot of deliberating back and forth about what do I want? And then, or is it come to you instinct, uh, instinctively? It's, 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 if you are, if, I believe that if you are willing to be quiet enough and to be still enough, you'll hear the truth. It, 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 all you have to do is be still and willing to hear the truth. And you will. And it's, and it's that inner voice that's delivering the message. Uh, was that a, an offer or one audition? <clears throat> it was, was an it? audition. It was an opportunity. It was an opportunity. Yeah. And I've always said, you know, get me in the room. If it's for me, then I, then I walk out with a gig. But, and if it's not, then next, right? I feel like you've always, and you can <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like even before Roots, you've had a, uh, um, a confidence and swag to you in the room you're very personable obviously like on camera speaks for itself but did did roots take things up a notch were you already there when you walked in for star trek were you like shit bitch like i don't know like you saw i can you saw you know i can read like just give me the glasses and let's do this <laughs> being an actor you know um it's it's a constant battle um i hate myself i love myself i hate myself i love myself yep. right um, so it, it, you just have to keep going because the, it's not about, it's, it's oftentimes it's not about how much swag you have. It's about how you feel in that moment about who you are and what you can bring to the table. And that always, that doesn't always line up, you know, with, with your aspirations or your dreams. Uh, it, it, it's, it takes a lot to keep coming back no after no after no after no and and they're not saying no to an abstract they're saying no kid not you right <laughs> well, yeah. and and they don't tell you that there's no feedback as to why not that's the worst it, part. it's just a no i know dude so now you just set you're stuck with stewing over your thoughts you're of why it, and it validates all of the bad shit that you that oh, that's God. going on in your head right you just and have so, to get to a point to where you trust in what you're doing and go it wasn't, you know, they were picking wallpaper. It was my look against whatever. Talent wasn't the issue, right? And just get comfortable enough in your own skin to know. But you need those many victories of, and some people on the way being like, yeah, great read, but not yes. the thing. Like you need a yes. couple of those. You do, you do. You need that positive feedback because it is hard. It's tough. It is not easy to, to keep getting up and, and keep getting kicked down. When you uh, walked out of the audition, did you, did you feel like you nailed it? Um, I didn't, uh, March 27th, 1976, I was screen tested and, um, that I thought I did a good job there. Um, and that's, that's when the wait really started. Um, because the, the, the screen test went back and forth from the, the ABC in New York and ABC in Los Angeles. And the execs were just, you know, sort of ping ponging it back and forth. Nobody really wanted to make the decision, um, and give the job to the, the kid from USC who'd never acted in front of a camera before. Um, I think there was a lot of, you know, protecting their own asses yeah. that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then David Wolper and Alex Haley and Stan Margulies, they all stood up for me. They said, this is the kid we want. And 
we, we, we want to go with him. And otherwise, you know, we've got to forestall production and keep looking. Um, and when I got the word, when Stan said, pack your bags, I was, like I said, two weeks later, yeah. I, was in, I was in Savannah, Georgia. And what about, what about Star Trek? Same type of feeling? Star Trek, um, Star Trek, I was a huge Star Trek fan when I was a kid. So wow. um, when I got the call to come and audition, my first and only question was, is Gene Roddenberry involved? And when they told me yes, then I, then I was jacked. I was, I was psyched. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to be in it because Star Trek meant so much to me growing up. What, uh, was there anything special uh, for, for Jordy LaForge that you did like how much of a character breakdown do they give you was it not like much, not not much um they they gave me a pair of sunglasses to, to audition with dude you made so, fucking visors so. that <laughs> a little stevie little stevie and oh ray oh man come on <laughs> come on yeah right um but you know um it worked out it worked out. See, Star Trek for me, when, when I was growing up, Star Trek was one of the few examples of people of color on TV that were depicted in a positive light. And I was a big science fiction fan when I was a kid, still am. And, and Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future was one of the few where I saw myself being included. And so it meant an awful lot to me. And then to have that op the opportunity to compete for a chance to be a part of that, that story um that was really exciting to me um there's a, a some miscellaneous things about you that uh i don't know how much they come up in your life or people mm -hmm. uh give you uh, uh props for but <clears throat> i didn't know this that you received a grammy for best spoken word album uh for the autobiography of martin luther king jr in 2000 mm -hmm. that's incredible yeah it was cool was that, that was a nice night that was fun yeah was yeah, that really. yeah Fuck i mean yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 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 well shit you've won fucking I went parties yeah, what's what's oh yeah man what's the difference because you won 12 daytime emmys for reading yeah. rainbow which is yeah. also fucking bonkers but also it's so well deserved is there a difference between uh winning uh a grammy and an emmy yeah, yeah I mean, was there I, a point when you were like all right we get it I, another emmy oh, no, no no special every time no yeah of course yeah but what's yeah. the, uh, the, the and you, but but you have to you also need to know that um, among those twelve wins are dozens of of losses, dozens of times that they didn't call my name. Right. So you know, so you so I you know I believe in celebrating those small acts, those victories. Right. Um, when you get a W, um, you know, be appropriate, um, but celebrate. Right. Celebrate that shit. Right. It's important. Um, also, in 2019, you received the honorary Doctor of Humane Letters from the University of Massachusetts, Lowell. Yeah. That's incredible. It's one of a couple of honorary doctorates I, I, I hold. Um, I mean, do, uh, do is there, um, obviously, nobody does it for that stuff, but is there, like, the, winning the Grammy for the, um, the spoken word for, for MLK is, mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, did you get to a point from just, I guess, talking so much on TV that people were like, man, you got a great voice for this stuff? Or is it something that you seek out because you're like, oh, I really enjoy the, you know, talking and, and my voice. It ain't feels like it feels like uh, books on tape and, and voiceover work was was something that that uh, I kind of fell into naturally. Yeah. Um, 
by the time I did MLK, I had been nominated for the Miles Davis autobiography. Wow. Um, and, and I had done several books on tape already. It's just, you know, I guess it's just a natural thing. You know, yep. I'm, I'm obviously a, a fan of the written word and, um, and it just made sense to, to, to start doing that kind of work. Um, you take care I, of your pipes too, huh? I do. I, 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 I do. What's the secret? Cause I'm a VO guy and you know, obviously there's been some weed and tequila going down these uh, pipes <laughs> over the last uh, 25 years. Um, I'm actually but, working, know. I'm working with a vocal coach now. When, when uh, COVID started, I was doing um, live readings on Twitter three times a week. And oh, shit. I was afraid that I had done some damage to my voice. And um, I went and got it, uh, got a COVID test and got it scoped as soon as I, I could. And so there's nothing going on with the, with goodness, the vocal man. cords. They're great. But I'm, I'm learning how to, how to speak and talk without... Um, without muscling the sound through. I have a tendency yes. to, to, to speak from a glottal stop. Yep. And, um, and having everything that I say supported on breath is something that I'm learning. I'm, really, I'm, I'm unlearning 40 some odd years of bad habits. Wow. And it, it's been really, it was really, really scary. About a month or so ago, um, I was not sure that I was gonna be able to do this. Um, but I'm, 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 ex I'm actually experiencing some success now and I'm, I'm really, really excited for the, for the future because, uh, what I was doing, I, I, I understand was not sustainable. Sure. And, um, Congrats, and so, man. uh, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be able to use my voice and to make a living with my voice, um, for a lot longer than I will. So this was a, this was a, a pattern interruption for me that was really, um, necessary. And the podcast, and you're doing the podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. Yeah, right? I'm doing that from, from, from the closet downstairs in the, in the master. That's awesome. Um, and what, yeah. uh, what you're reading, short stories, short, short stories fiction, is, selected. is my jam. That's what yeah. I do. I, I say at the beginning of every episode, the only thing these stories have in common is that I love them. That's and awesome. I hope you will too. Oh, damn. You're so good with the foot, the, just the fucking, the setup, the button. I mean, dude, if you could make a coffee table book or teach a seminar on how to leave a room, we clearly know how you, we clearly know that you know how to leave a zoom. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, yeah, that's amazing. Do you enjoy doing the podcast? I love doing the yeah. podcast. Um, I really do because I, I, you know, when I was in the third grade, um, Mrs. Twiggs, uh, you always grade. remember, isn't that crazy? Miss oh Robish, God. never forget that shit. Right? Yeah. Mrs. Twiggs was the first person outside of my family, right, to recognize that I had a talent. And mm. I was the best reader in the third grade mm. class. And, and um, sometimes Mrs. Twiggs would, after lunch, go make herself a cup of tea in the teacher's lounge. And she would give me a book and put me in front of the class and have me read, uh, knowing that they would be, they would still be in their seats when, when she came back, right? Um, so... This is this is been a part of me loving to read aloud for for almost all of my life, and um, it just it's one of my favorite favorite forms of storytelling. Have you ever read? Because again, your your pipes are just you know second to none. Do you uh, has have you ever done a spoken word reading of the Reading Rainbow theme song? I have not. Do you know the words? Uh, God, I hope so. Do you want to do it right now? Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. 
Take a look. It's in a book. The Reading Rainbow. I, now I'm going to Shatner. I can go anywhere. A little walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got friends to know. Yeah. Ah, ways, ways to grow. <laughs> the Reading Rainbow. Oh, my. How, who doesn't love Chris Walken? Dude. I mean, Chris Walken is God. He really is. It, I mean. And an amazing song and dance man. I'm just saying. Yeah, right? Another, right. yeah, yes. dude. There's guys that have Triple those threat. things. Triple threat. Triple in the threat. Hugh Jackman uh, department yep. of guys that just yep. come out with these extra skills and you're like, dude, Shit. where was that? Yep. Exactly. Uh, is, there a, is there a skill like that that you possess that people would be surprised to know? First of all, I'll tell you this much. Didn't know you were as quick, as funny as you, uh, uh, as you are. <laughs> you're very, you've got a comics mind, man. You yes and People brilliantly. don't know that Kunt is funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right, dude, whatever your next album slash book is, if that ain't the title. <laughs> is, that, is that the title of my first, of my first memoir? I Kunta mean, don't dude. know. People don't know that Kunta is funny. You are, man. It's, uh, you know, as a comic, too, it's just like, like I've gotten to know um, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson right over the mm. past several mm. months. Another guy that just, He's quick, you know, he? very quick. And mm -hmm. just like yourself, man, I, and this is what I uh, get, get juiced up for, are guys that just... Yes, and and want to play out a bit and go on a little tangent, knowing uh, that you're going to get back to uh, to what you were talking about. Whatever it was, yeah. Because that only is not uh, just a great quality for a person, but man, it's like for uh, for just conversations in life. Because I'm sure we both have had our fair share of get-togethers, family or or not, where you're in a circle with people and you're like man, I'm just going to have to do all the heavy lifting on this. And, uh, and, and where's the licorice? Did they say there was licorice uh, nearby somewhere? You know, and find it out for yourself. But yeah. have you gotten more into, before we wrap this up, uh, in doing uh, readings and just using the pipes more, um, you know, more uh, impressed by certain voices? Or do you listen to more things with a little more intent? Because oh, I, have even, my favorite, I, I certainly have my favorite voices. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. obviously James Earl, Oof. right? Um, Come on. My friend Lawrence Fishburne has an amazing voice. He's wow. Michael Dorn. Um, yeah. Amazing voice. Jonathan Frakes mm. and Patrick Stewart. I think all of the, all of the guys on, on Next Gen, um, Brent Spiner. I mean, I think we all, um, we don't suck in, 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 in the voice department. Uh, well, yeah, I would add LeVar Burton to that list for mm -hmm. sure. Um, all right, dude, LeVar Burton reads the podcast, wherever you get podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcast. Um, you're, you're great on Twitter, by the way, you're very, very vocal. You're very active about everything that's going on, which I, uh, again, it's like, I don't know if there's a, a responsibility there, but you, um, you're using your platform, uh, and your voice, man. And it's really, uh, I know it's, you know, that's why we're here. That's yeah, man. Here. Uh, and, and two front war, um, yes. Very when is that? Yeah, would you give me, uh, give we me are, some background? We are, we are working now, um, and um, it depends on how it goes with the, the, you know, the world opening back up for travel. Um, I'm able to edit here um, in my house, and the editor's on the East Coast, but we're able to be you know, in the same session at the same time. Um, but the interviews, there, there are a lot of, of, of Vietnam vets that I need to get out and, um, and conduct these interviews. I'm actually gonna be in the doc, which is unusual for a documentary. Yeah. But um, I, I really feel like I'm, 
I'm perfectly suited to tell this story. Um, I watched the Vietnam War um, when I was growing up on TV during the dinner hour, and um, and I have brothers and uh, uh, not well, not blood brothers, but my brothers, mm. friends, close friends that I've grown up with that had had older brothers. Draft ended um, the year before I graduated from high school. Um, and the war was over my first year of college. So, wow. Um, I, 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 I know I can tell this story. The yeah. story and of so, black soldiers in Vietnam. And so it's from what vets, activists, journalists, students, civilians, yeah. right? Just all spanning yeah. the gamut. Right. That's awesome. Exactly. Uh, when is that coming out? Do you have a... Um, if we're lucky, 2021, but probably 2022. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll plug that or maybe get you back on. Um, yeah, man. Also, hey man, let's 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 not go another uh, sixteen years before we uh, reconnect like this, dude. It's your, um, yeah, you're you're uh, like I've said, man. It, you know, you've been an inspiration on many levels, and it's uh, it's it's just the coolest when you know having a, a podcast like this and and getting opportunities to talk to people like yourself and have you be like, you know, the don't meet your heroes thing. I went to Dave, Dave Chappelle's summer camp uh, a couple of weeks ago because uh, his tour manager is a real good buddy of mine. And out in Ohio, you've seen what he's doing, right? Unbelievable. And Dave is truly the GOAT, dude. I mean, not only is generous with how he is everything to his family and friends, but I probably had eight, and yeah, I counted, uh, you know, one-on-ones with him, whether they mm-hmm. were three minutes or 30 seconds, uh, where he just like yourself, man, locked eye contact in. locked in, in. Yeah. what you're saying, he's taking it, he's given moments. Uh, and, and when there's so much around him to, to, uh, want his time. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he knows how to focus. Yeah. He knows how to focus. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I know you got some licorice to, to chomp on. And Red I, pines, not licorice. I mean, I'm a black licorice fan. So there's a, there's definitely a distinction. <laughs> oh, I was Please just going to ask. Do not get it twisted. Anna. <laughs> I was going to say red vines or, or, uh, or twists, no? And twists aren't even licorice. They're just licorice flavored candies. Black Damn, licorice, dude, throwing shade on those. Black <laughs> licorice is a thing. It's a it thing. Is. It's a thing. Yeah. And, and so um, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no better way to end it, dude. I fucking love you, man. Black licorice matters, Adam. Black licorice matters. Oh my God. You're a, f- dude, I'm telling you, man, stand ups in your future. Fucking shit. LeVar, man, uh, it's an honor, man. And um, I hope we can uh, connect Thank you, live. Mr. Ray. I hope we can Appreciate connect you. in person, man, when this yeah, is all I'd over. Yeah, I like that very much. And yeah. this, was, this was a bonus finding out that, that you went to USC. Yeah, dude, I'm, so, I'm glad you remembered it. Cause here's the yeah. worst part. If I have this deep connected memory and you're just like, I don't remember. Dude, I don't fucking, who are you? <laughs> like, I, it's, I was seeing blank, you know, I, you know, yeah. Um, oh, that's very cool for me. Well, dude, uh, I'm glad place. you and the fam are, are safe and sound. And, uh, and uh, this will go up uh, next week, man. And, and I can't wait for people to hear Tell it. your mom I said hi. I will, dude. Okay. Yeah. What's her name? Puddin. Puddin? Well, her real, name, her real name's Carolyn, but she, a little Oklahoma Jew, my grandpa gave her that nickname. It was like, she's my little, I think it was like Puddin-y was maybe the nickname. I don't know, man. The Midwest, they got weirdest nicknames. But if you met her, dude, I mean, she just turned 71. She's always like, she, I mean, she's like, I feel like, I feel like I'm 40, but I got these fucking arthritic witch hands. I mean, she's, she's where I get everything from, dude. The comedy, the, the, and you know, she did four jobs, me and her for, well, my sister went to a girl's school all through 
high school, it was this push and pull of wash my basketball uniform, but then give me some space. I'm a man. I'm 17. Best friends and enemies. And uh, I mean, mama's boy for sure. She, she. Single, you know, sing, sing, single parent. Oh yeah. And living yeah. vicariously. She, I mean, she always says it's uh, she's like, it was just so cool to be your mom because you know, I conducted myself you know, on and off stage and in sports to be, uh, you know, uh, nice to everyone and, and doing my shit. And, and so she'd come help build the sets for the plays and whatever. And it was also so that she wasn't sitting at home and, and after work, just chilling. She was like, uh, you know, and, and did what she could to, to make, you know, so I could at least get new shoes for basketball and stuff like that. And just right. it really also taught me that like, man, you, you don't need much, you know, just enough. What, Having, I feel, you know, yeah, you had friends growing up. Everyone does that. You're like, God, it'd be cool if I had a basketball court in my backyard or, uh, you know, a, a dad. <laughs> but you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I but, know exactly. Yeah, but you just, I don't know, man. You, you become, uh, yeah, it was just ex extra special. And then even more so when she met my stepdad, it was, you know, I was getting ready to come down here to, to L.A. and, and I was like, maybe I'll just go to University of Washington and be close to home so she's not by herself. And man, the timing, she was pushing me anyway. She's like, you gotta go do college somewhere else. And you got into SC. She's like, that's fucking, you gotta go. Oh. And figure it out with financial aid. We'll, and I think we'll I just, we'll I think I just paid them back, by the way, you know, uh, 20 years <gasps> later. That's a real wow. thing. Good for but, you, um, congratulations. But yeah, man, she, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, it, I'm not gonna lie, she told me, tell you what's up and you know a long diatribe of how much you've meant to her through me so um you Back saying out, you saying you saying pudding what's up is uh you're making her year tell pudding i'm punta sin's love <laughs> oh man she might make that t-shirt or at least just uh <laughs> think about that in the shower um lavar dude pleasure yeah, man. man yeah man congrats man i'll talk to you soon all right you bet thanks buddy peace and blessings Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.